You're listening to Podhaven. So I ended up, it ended up that I said to the, you know, the Assassin's Creed team, look, if nothing was true, then that one guy would not have gone, ba, 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 with such certainty. But also, like, if everything is permitted, then why did you decide that it was appropriate to defenestrate him for that? Like, if everything is permitted, why did you feel it was appropriate to just kick him out a window? It seems an well. Ag- well, again, like I'm, I'm here challenging the premise that they're presenting. Like, like I never said everything was permitted. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Right, and I don't, I don't necessarily have anything to bring to that side of the argument. But the first, like I, I had handily refuted, frankly. Mm. So and yeah, if, the... eventually I did put away the gun. Why did the Pope want an apple so bad? That's an excellent question. Could have gone anywhere and got an apple, honestly. He just had a craving for Red Delicious, and they're surprisingly hard to get. You know, like, you have to go all the way out of the Vatican to find it, and that's just, that's just very far. To be honest, I doubt he'd have been able to find a Red Delicious that easily in Renaissance Italy, but... Yeah, well, you know... He's a Pope, though. Yeah, kind it's of, true. He is a pope. Probably got one. And of course, he did always have access to the uh, to the reverse um, to the reverse Assassin's Creed machine that actually sends you forward to your future ancestors, to uh, one of whom. Yeah, with in, your future yeah, DNA. Yeah, your, you your future DNA. Yeah, the one that became unspooled in time when you become pope. And you know, the, as as we all know, as is like one of them happens to work in a fruit shop where they had some red delicious, some of the best red delicious ones. So he like he really wanted that, but he couldn't get the keys to the machine to work, and it was a whole situation. You know, we decided just not popes. to talk about it because it was making dinner really awkward. The families of popes do stipulate in their will that one of their ancestors must be planted in a moderately successful fruit shop. Yeah, literally planted. <laughs> it's built around them as they root. Fuck! It, yes, it is, they agri- root it is and agriculture. They grow, I can't deny that. They grow that. pope fruits. They grow pope fruits in the evening. Pope fruits in the morning. Pope fruits presumably in the afternoon as well. No, no, never in the afternoon. Actually, no. Fun fact. It, yeah, they, they, all they growth don't... just stops. Yeah, it freezes dead. <laughs> like, even if you're almost finished, you have to you have to wait until the evening. Wow, fuck! So you've got to start in the evening and then hope that it's grown fully by morning. Yeah, that's otherwise it just it falls to the ground and, and you know you. That's why you got to get that fast acting pope fruit. In the morning, waking up to terrible pope fruits. That's what that famous song is really about. Not a lot of people know that. Mm. Virtually nobody knew it. Yeah, like maybe only three people. Yeah, yeah only three. But I mean, it's still it's something. You know, it's it's it more it... than two. Underground and cool and dare I say indie. Haven. We've got a haven of those. Oh my mm-hmm. god! You were supposed to say podcast, Josh. I won't ever <laughs> again. You'll never say the word podcast ever again. What are you gonna use instead? Scrondister. Or no, the indie, the indie haven. haven Scrondister. Why would you say Welcome. that? That sounds stupid, Martin. Why did you? <laughs> 
Welcome to the Indie Haven Scrum Duster with me, your host, Elodie Cunningham. I'm joined, as always, by Scrum Dusterers. I'm the Scrum Dust Josh. <laughs> Martin Bryson, the Scrum Dust Master. Now, where did you get your PhD in scrumming? It was actually Honestly. more of a, an apprenticeship system. Um, I started working for the previous Scrum Dust Master when I was 15 years old. And he taught me the basics, you know, taught me how to use all the all the various scrumdusting tools and how to so recognize were... and how to recognize a ripe scrumdus from an underripe one, how to like properly tease it apart from the cluster before steaming. Ripe and... scrumdus. Yeah, well you don't you don't want so an underripe were... scrumdus, you know. Uh, so you were a scrumdus novice and yeah. then a scrumdus journeyman mm-hmm. and now you're a scrumdus master. Exactly. I had did have to kill the master to take his role, but that's you know, that's standard practice. That can be only one. Yeah, exactly. It's 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 a, it's it's in Scrumbus law. This is a video game show. Yeah, we do occasionally talk about those. Um, There's video games in here. We do occasionally do this show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, more occasionally than usual recently. But can you blame us? The world is burning. <laughs> World's burning. I was briefly trapped in an island with, of Japan. With Japan, yeah. Um. <laughs> Uh, I'm trying to think of other excuses. I mean, I mean, I think those are pretty valid ones. In fairness, yeah, like those seem kind of <laughs> big. Yeah, those are pretty big deals. Um, Josh got stuck in a tree. I did. I climbed into one. That's the story. <laughs> <laughs> and the tree just held you there for a while, like a tree hug. A tree got stuck in Martin. It was like that scene in The Last Unicorn, the tree sort of imprisoned me oh, within yeah. itself. I say, oh yeah, as if I know, but I've and never was seen very, The Last Unicorn. Wait, it. I didn't hear what film. The Last Unicorn. They're talking about The Last Unicorn. Um, <laughs> the Last Unicorn. This is the the last podcunicorn c- pod with me, your host... The last unicorn. Unicality. Unicality by... does not mean quite the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Christopher something was in it. Plumber? Yeah, that's that's my co-host Christopher something was in it, and my other co-host is it Christopher Plummer? Was it Christopher Plummer? Those are my two no. co-hosts in this last no. Unicorn podcast that we do. I've never seen it. No. I'm just guessing famous Christophers. It's it's an odd film. It's a very upsetting film. Yeah. There's a vulture with three teddies in it. Wow. There is one of those. I can't good deny for, that. Good for that vulture. <laughs> it's a harpy. That's what they do. Uh, I guess that is what they do. I don't they really... have three teddies yeah. and vulture. Yeah, that's... Classic harpy. Have you never seen them vulturing about all over the place? Yeah, they're always vulturing left and right and I like, up and down. I like that. I like vulturing. Yeah, vulturing. A vulture vultures. Vulturing is what you do. Vulturing is what I think of you. <laughs> I can't handle all of this fucking vultury. <laughs> a vulturing. It's a sin. <laughs> the, the, the lesser known sin eleven sin. <laughs> yeah, you can't sin birds that easily, and we won't on today's show about video games. About video games, what's we will, the, 
show games on it, please. I, I've heard rumours that video games are still a th- happening. Um, Apparently. I, I have uh, been inside my home for what feels like 300 years. Martin, you've created a docket, mm-hmm. and you've not included the, the most important thing I wanted to talk about on the docket. What was it? The really good important thing. Okay. Which is that the uh, marketing video game Chex Quest is getting a uh, an HD 2020 remake, and it's going to be completely free. Chex Quest HD 2020 remake. If anybody listening wanted to know, I'm holding a telescopic fork. What makes a telescopic fork? Is it a, scor- is it a fork that lets you... Ad- is it a fork that lets you identify forkable foods from a very long distance? It's, it's a fork. Now, it's not a fork telescope. It's a telescopic fork. It's a fork, and you oh. can extend it. Right, that makes why a would lot I, more sense than I what I was thinking. Why would I need to see carrots that closely, Martin? Well, maybe you want to, get, want to make sure it's really a carrot and not a carrot imposter. From that far of a... Like, if the fork itself doesn't extend, what's the point of seeing them from that far away and having it still be a fork? Well, it gives you room for a run-up, and you could do a charging fork stab. You would have me run at carrots from a distance. Yes, that way the carrot doesn't have time to re- to, to react. <laughs> I don't typically think of carrots as being tremendously reactive, I've got to be honest. <laughs> I've eaten a lot of carrots and they have remained bafflingly philosophical about the whole thing. Yeah, t- they do t- a lot of them do take it well. Yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah, they're really Do you guys know about ChexQuest no, as an entity? Not a thing. Have you not heard of it? No. ChexQuest was a... Do you know what Checks are? The C-A-T-X. cereal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's an American cereal. Oh, that's how you spell the cereal. Yeah. ChexQuest, the original one, was um, a Doom mod <laughs> that <laughs> got put out in cereal boxes in the 90s. What? what? <laughs> Hold on. A Doom okay. mod got put out in cereal boxes? Doom. Yeah, most of my knowledge about Chex Quest is, um, comes from the, I think it was Abject Suffering episode about it. Wow. On Duckfeed. Um, but it's a very bizarre thing. And it's generally regarded as one of the best Doom mods. That is quite something. Um, you play hmm. as a Chex in it. You play as a Chex? Yeah. Like a, an inanimate serial mesh? Yes. With a gun? With with a gun, sorry. Is there a gun in it? Uh, yeah, you get weapons and ammo and stuff. So this um, was put in a serial... Who is it for? <laughs> because it seems like a weird thing to market to children, but I cannot imagine there is a large market for people who are both A, into Doom, and B, like checks, and C, adult enough to be playing Doom. I'm looking at the Wikipedia article now just because I want to know more, because I'm pretty sure it was non-violent. But that, why, that would make more why sense. Why do a Doom mod then? <laughs> Yeah, that seems weird, right? You still shot things, but it was like... With milk. <laughs> they, they just fell over and went, oh no. 
Oh, no, I'm covered in cereal. I'll think better of it next time. This has led me to reconsider my choices in life. Oh, my God, (laughs) does the cereal man debate the demons? (laughs) You have to tell me that isn't the case. You have to engage them in the marketplace of ideas. (laughs) The cereal aisle of ideas. (laughs) Ah, I'm... I'm really trying to find... Well, will you do that? We'll cover the fact that the reason we're talking about this is this game is getting an HD 2020 remake. This is a game I've never heard of until 10 minutes ago. (laughs) About a piece of cereal as the Doom Marine doing something non-violent to demons. You know what? I had forgotten that this was news we were talking about. I found it, I found it, I found it. This wasn't one of Elodie's Uh, made-up tangents. This is a real thing. You collect an array of Zorching devices which send Uh, the invaders back to their home dimension. This has created more questions than it answers. You Zorch the Flemoids back to their home dimension. I don't know what's so difficult to understand. I'm expecting a delivery of wine to my door any day now, and it has not <laughs> Because of arrived, what you've done. I desperately need it right now. <laughs> so yeah, it was a full conversion of Doom. They uh, licensed the Doom engine, and then put it in their cereal boxes, and it was very well received. And now it's getting a remake, and I'm going to send you a link to the Steam page. That concept art, though. Yeah, it's got all the playable uh, Chex Mix Squadron. It has multiple playable characters. It's already doing better than original Doom. Travel to the remote planet of Bazoik to free galactic citizens from the evil cereal-eating Flemoids. Adventure deep into the caverns of Bazoik using an array of Zorching devices. That's in scare quotes, by the way, Zorching. To send yes. these nefarious foes back to their home dimension. And you'll be able to enjoy this. Uh, Wait, summer of 2020. Does yours say nefarious foes? Uh, yes. What the heck? Does yours not? Mine says these invaders. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> they must have, did they localize it differently for the UK for some reason? But what does yours say, Josh? It says nefarious foes. <laughs> That's did so they odd. update it while you were sending the link? They were like, people aren't going to know how nefarious these foes are. They just think they're invading. That could mean anything. <laughs> Is, are you on the browser version or the client version? I'm that on the browser the version. Yeah, so am I. That's so weird. I'm sending you a screenshot so you can see it. I have to say, given that this is a just blatantly marketing for the cereal, it's bold of them to depict cereal-eating creatures as evil. Yeah, it is. I have um, discovered the distinct what the difference is here. You were reading the about this game section. I was reading the little blurb to the right of the uh, the top oh, of the entry. Okay, so it's both of them um, use the same, almost exactly the same. Yeah, almost exactly the same language, except for a couple of changes. It just changes invaders to... I want us to take a moment to process the fact, a few few kind of key points with Chex Quest here. First of all, when you die in the game, it's called Slimed, which is something. Which is a thing people famously do to cereal. Yeah. Uh, Its minimum requirements include 
an NVIDIA GTX 960, which for this, it, well, it's a pretty old card these days, um, is really quite something for what is an HD remake of a Doom mod from the 1990s intended to advertise a serial. And its publisher is General Mills, the serial company, who are now, I guess, officially a games publisher. Uh, they have been since the 90s, I guess. Did they publish it back then? I don't know. It yeah, also it has a multiplayer. Who the fuck is playing the multiplayer on this? Considering you got it in your cereal box, I think they published it. <laughs> but they may have just included it in the box. Let me check. By Digital Cafe as he checks your promotion. Publisher was... No, the publisher was Digital Cafe. Developed and published it, so technically it's an indie title. So just so we're in, c- in case there was any doubt about that, yeah. The official listed publisher was. It's an indie Cafe title you're getting in your '90s serial. Don't worry. It was just done in partnership with General Mills. They weren't actually a publisher or anything back then, but they are now. <laughs> yeah. Before I forget, I just wanted to cover this opening sentence of the fan base section of the Chex Quest Wikipedia page. Similarities have been drawn by fans between ChexQuest and GoldenEye with respect to the legal rights to the game subsequent to the original creators purchased by larger companies. So, according to the Wikipedia, a lot of people compared this to GoldenEye. Just putting it's that just out there. Just like GoldenEye. Just like GoldenEye. If I'm be- if I'm if I'm to be completely honest, it's exactly like GoldenEye. And looking at it now, oh my god, it's this, basically this... just GoldenEye. This sentence below that in fact. GoldenEye, eat your <laughs> breakfast. <laughs> Checked Quest has gained a devoted fan base since its serial box release in 1996. So it's as old as me. Goldmite, it tastes yeehaw. <laughs> Often simultaneous fans of Czech Serial and the Doom series, the active Czech's Quest fan community has produced a host of fan-made sequels and numerous unofficial projects have been undertaken, including the Czech's Trek series and the Zorch Match mod. Every time I find out about a new fan community, I'm baffled that it exists. I just, I love the description of oh, it as being simultaneous fans of Czech Serial and the Doom series being the primary fans of this. Yeah, so it's a small but loyal fan base. <laughs> the Venn diagram might not be a circle. <laughs> there are people who came to the Czechs mod who didn't, who had never heard of Doom. <laughs> Chex Quest yeah. 2 Flemoid's Take Chextropolis was a 1997 sequel and Chex Quest 3 has sequels even in milk Chex Quest 3 was released in 2008 as a service to fans by former Digital Cafe members it has a, it has a plot between all three too yep yeah, and then they've remade it this year as well um, this is a long-running series. Uh, you could argue that it has had a more successful and consistent uh, following than Duke Nukem. Mm. Well, it's it's fun that uh, one of the Doom reboots came out just a little bit before. Yeah, that's right. The Chex Quest reboot. <laughs> <laughs> Like if you're uh, if you're if you're thinking I want to play Doom Eternal but I'm too poor to afford it, is there some other cheaper indie equivalent game that I could get that's more affordable? Well, you know you have your answer. 
It's Czech Square As long as you're fine with it being about cereal. Yeah, it's Czech Square HD. It's current. It's going to be available on Steam in summer of 2020. You can add it to your wish list now. Yeah, it and it's completely free. So, can you imagine if they charged for it? It has split screen multiplayer mode. Ah, oh, so, is... the the old one was developed by uh, was it Cafe? Uh, Digital Cafe. Digital Cafe. Uh, not to be confused with Digital Analog Homicide. Analog Bistro. <laughs> okay, Analog Bistro. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and this one is developed apparently by Team Check Quest HD and Flight School Studio. Uh, that's not. Uh, that's a bit of a mouthful of a name, huh? I wonder. I wonder um, if Team Checks Quest HD might branch out into other things. <laughs> do they have to be Checks Quest HD related? Could you do like spin-offs and mods and various things? Maybe like that? they'll make Hellblade Two. <laughs> Maybe Ninja Turtles. Two said you were cereal. <laughs> Hellblade Two said it was cereal would be amazing. Oh. It's just going to be one of those uh, simulator-type games where you have to control Sedowa's hands as she attempts to eat cereal while being menaced by various creatures. It's a game about trying to eat cereal while hallucinating. You're yeah. fucking welcome, Zeitgeist. <laughs> Enjoy that! Because <laughs> you'd have to call it Hellspoon, though, wouldn't you? I don't have to do fucking anything anymore, Martin. <laughs> That's true. Hell telescopic fork. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> we didn't plan any of this to happen. Um, Elodie mentioned offhand. Please believe ten minutes, us. Ten minutes before we started, that this was a thing, and I forgot to add it to the docket, and then it all just kind of erupted from there. But I feel like I needed it. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad that we did this. Yes. Even I though just... I am at the same time. Furious that this has happened. <laughs> it's a Mostly cleansing theory. <laughs> Shall we move on to the next thing? <laughs> uh, uh, so does anyone have any closing thoughts on fucking Serial Boy? Serial <laughs> Boy 2020. I'm looking at the mascots. One of them looks like a pretzel. You'd better do, because yeah. this pretzel... Pretzel I couldn't theories? think of a one-liner here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Breakfast pretzels is a concept I don't think I can get behind in all good no. conscience. No, definitely Brexels. not. That just it, sounds so much like Brexit, actually. It does, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's... Frightening. That's NBM. a shame. So let's talk about something less silly, huh? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so we had on the docket to talk about kind of a general discussion about the current situation's impact on indie developers, but without a specific thing to kick that off, maybe we should move on to another thing and see if it kind of rises up organically. Let's start on the Sony thing. Yeah. So, yeah, just today, uh, Sony announced uh, they were... Date the podcast? Yeah, yeah. Yep, today, the date of the I guess podcast. talking about coronavirus is also dating the podcast, although maybe not, because I doubt this is going to end for the next 50 years. It certainly yeah. feels it's gone on for 50 years. Um, on this this day, uh, April 14th, 2020, Anno Domini, we have, uh, Sony have announced the development of a $10 million indie, indie games developers fund 
to support the uh, indie games industry during the COVID crisis. Um, now we've just we just kind of read about this this morning, so how the details of it are yet to be kind of fully hammered out and announced. But mm-hmm. that sounds interesting. It's part of a larger hundred dollar hundred million dollar initiative to uh, to where they're providing various uh, like direct funding to healthcare providers and remote education uh, programs and that kind of thing. Uh, but yeah, this is specific to our kind of field, this $10 million for indie games. What do we think of that? I was distracted because I was thinking the, the words Anno Gromini, <laughs> Season of the Gromit. <laughs> Spiritual sequel to El Shaddai Ascension of the Metatron. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's a good thing. That was for like three people. <laughs> but those three people were here. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't get it, but I laughed because I. I it sounded oh, there like you a go. joke. There's one left to be in the audience and appreciate <laughs> what's happened. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I think it's a good thing. Yeah, for, for I don't I think, think it's a good thing that happened. Mm-hmm. I would, as always, and as we all always will, I presume, like to point out that there are people involved in putting this together who could have paid that money out of their own pocket themselves and lived like it had never left. Yeah, Sony being a multi-billion dollar international conglomerate, media conglomerate, could yeah. this is pocket change to them. You cannot like overstate that. It's impossible. I'm glad in the developers are getting something mm-hmm. I would rather they got something than nothing Yeah. in context this is crumbs mm-hmm. and as yeah. it is they, they, they already work for crumbs at the best of times yeah. like indie developing is uh, a thankless job in a lot of ways unless you're lucky enough to become one of those that just becomes a smash success and um, then you might end up as a Cliff Bozinski and then you're just unlucky for existing yeah, yeah, well, yeah. No one wants to be a Cliff Blazinski. Oh, Clifford. Oh, oh Clifford. The big Clifford red man. Clifford Blazithard. Clifford the big red Blazinski. Uh, but you could also, you know, you could have, like, I don't know, an Undertale or a Night in the Woods and take off and still be what appears to be a relatively okay person. Um... So I guess that's up to you, but <laughs> for most people, like they don't ever see that level of success, they don't ever see that level mm. of fame. So, like, what does that mean for all the developers who were already struggling? Like, how is this money going to be distributed? Who is it going to be distributed to? Because yeah, ten million the thing from mm. like from what you're saying, this is still breaking news, and the details are kind of hazy. We don't know where the money's going yeah. really. All that's been announced uh, is the amount and what it's for. The details are I not think... yet that clear. I think right now the video game industry is probably doing okay. Yeah, it's one yeah. of the because few people in, are trapped indoors. Exactly, one but... of the few entertainment industries that will probably do okay out of this because they don't need to be there in person to create a game. However, I think that when people have less money like this, because a lot of people are a lot poorer, yeah. If they're going to buy an entertainment product, they're going to go for something bigger. Mm-hmm. Because they'll think, okay, yeah. this will last me a while, I'll just get one thing with the money that I've got, and they're more likely to go for something. Yeah. No, the psychology, Ripple as you say, 
the psychology is you might be paying more up front, but you're going to get more for your money. Like if yeah. you buy an indie game, you don't mm-hmm. necessarily know how much value quote you're going to get out of it, and people are less likely to want to take that kind of risk when they, you know, they're struggling. So it's it's. A I've also noticed that a lot of indie games, especially on the Switch, have gone on to deep discounts during this mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for even yeah. just a little while, much yeah. more than the Triple uh, A games have it's also worth pointing out that unlike people who develop in triple e studios a lot of people who develop indie games also do other jobs like they work in like offices and they work in like retail stores they do all they do other jobs as well because developing an indie game especially as a loner as part of a small team takes a long time and it doesn't pay very much mm-hmm. and if they don't have those jobs anymore that's really going to affect the industry quite badly 10 million feels inadequate. It doesn't feel like it's enough. And we know Sony can afford it. We know that, to be honest, it really shouldn't be up to companies to generously decide to offer some spare change every now and again. Like, there should be an arts fund that deals with these things. But we know there isn't, and we know exactly why there isn't. So Mm. why are we depending on these multinational corporations to patch up some holes with some plasters for us? Yeah, like, the fact that um, a bunch of people are having to uh, fundraise for the NHS right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, <sighs> <sighs> Speaking of, I might actually be doing some fundraising soon for my the local hospital. Oh, nice. oh, cool. What are you doing for it? Uh, I'm going to stream the entirety of Black Mesa in one setting. Oh, cool. <laughs> Uh, that sounds rough. <laughs> yeah, our, our mutual friend Andrew is helping me out with it. We're hammering out the details at the Oh, moment. I know he's been doing a lot of those uh, charity streams lately. Yeah, that, that's why I asked him, because he's <laughs> cool. been doing it a lot. My only hope in this is that what it will it will do is that other companies will look at the positive PR that Sony is getting for this and decide they want a slice of that too. And they'll throw some money at that, and that might be something that will help keep some of the indie, in, indie industry afloat for a while, which is... And annoyingly, it'll give positive PR for... Yeah, it will. Fuck all. But, ultimately... At I the mean, moment, at the moment, I guess, if, keeping people afloat is mm-hmm. more important than... Yeah. If, if it keeps these creators in work and keeps them able to create, then that's... It's not an ideal solution. It's not one I would choose if given the option. But if it's the only option you've got, that's what you take, you know. And it's better, as you, it's, as you said, it's better than nothing. And nothing is what I think we all expected to happen. So, <laughs> yeah. So there's that. <laughs> so we're going to keep going to keep an eye on that Sony thing and see what the details are when they're more announced. When they have more of an idea of what they're actually mm-hmm. doing with it. Okay, so uh, I want to talk about something more fun now. Okay. <laughs> Did you know that Star Wars Episode One Racer is coming out on Nintendo Switch? <laughs> I could swear this this has come out on something else before. It came out on GOG once. Yes. It came out on GOG. Uh, now it's was... coming out on a box. I discovered that there was um, a special, uh, like, anniversary release of it on a re- a, a Nintendo cartridge, an old Nintendo 64 cartridge, 
they they made new ones of it. That happened. And now they're releasing it on Switch as well. And frankly, the fact that um, some episode one content has got the amount of cultural impact to be continually released like this, I think is very good and important, and I feel like um, it counts as indie. Well, here's the thing, Because I like it. Here's the thing, Elodie. Yeah. We've had episode nine since. The landscape has changed. It really has. People are looking much, much has more. Been f- forgiven. People are looking much more kindly on the uh, the prequel trilogy. The dead speak. What? what? <laughs> That's the uh, the first line of the opening crawl in episode nine. Oh my god, I haven't it seen just... it. Yeah, I, I see. Yeah, I may uh, not ever see it. Yeah, <laughs> it explains what happens in the Fortnite event. <gasps> oh, I forgot about that. Fuck that oh is my a god! I Did totally you not know about forgot. This, I oh no, I knew, but we've had a conversation about it. It just okay. it doesn't make it any easier to no, hear. It really doesn't. Oh fucking hell! That it, if I didn't already believe that there wasn't much chance of this that film being a success, as soon as I knew about the Fortnite event, I completely gave up all hope that it would be okay. I actually didn't hate it. <laughs> I thought it was an okay film. I thought it was actually better than The Force Awakens because it had more to it and it wasn't quite as bland. Mm-hmm. But it was also incredibly misguided at the same time. Yeah. I, I, seen was, I had no strong feelings about The Force Awakens, which is why I haven't seen either of the subsequent Star Wars films. You should from see The trilogy. Last Jedi. The Last Jedi is pretty good. I like that one. The Last Jedi is the only one that I have strong feelings about, and that is telling about <laughs> the quality of the other two, because I have strong feelings about Star Wars, but not The Force Awakens. <laughs> <laughs> the Force Awakens, the only feeling I have about it is... I was just staring blankly into space. The There's same a bloke in it who goes fifty portion, and that's the only bit I remember. Yeah, and he's played he's played by Simon Pegg because um, why not? You've got to have your celebrity cameos for no reason. Simon Pegg doesn't. Yeah, and you've got to make and you've got to make it so that I had literally no way of knowing it was Simon Pegg until you said that just now. Yeah, that's the thing is that they're like there's all those articles that come out after each of these new Star Wars films where it's like. Daniel Craig was in the background as a stormtrooper. And he probably got paid a million fucking pounds to do nothing and not be seen. That sounds about and right. And go on a couple of articles. And <laughs> so I hate... I'm just going to leave that hate hanging there. <laughs> mm. <laughs> <laughs> so what is it about Star Wars Episode One Racer? Is it Racer or Pod Racer? It's red. It's just racer. Okay, Star Wars Episode One racer. No, no, Martin. Uh, now this is pod racing. Oh, that makes sense. So that's racer. Mm. This is pod racing. I get yeah. it now. So Lucas Arts, Sony's Star Wars Episode One racer, The Force Awakens. Uh, what do you think is it about that game that has caused it to kind of stick around in people's memories, where lots of other Star Wars games have not? I think it's literally the time that it came out. 
Oh, really? And the fact that it wasn't awful. A lot of the Star Wars games that came out were either awful or came out at points where Star Wars wasn't a massive cultural mm-hmm. thing to the degree. Like, some of the only other fondly remembered Star Wars games are in the PS2 era, mm-hmm. but that was, like, the only one that's really stuck around is the Battlefield games. Yeah. I also, yeah. I think, Everything else. I think people remember the Jedi Knight series quite fondly, but... Yeah, other than that, I can't think of any. that uh, Knights of the Old Republic, obviously. Yeah. Um, but, like, those have a very different kind of fan base. Those yeah, were all did, sure. more um, aimed at older people in mm-hmm, general. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why I think their biggest success is on the PC as well. Like, they weren't, uh, they weren't necessarily aimed at a, a wider audience. They're just a more mm-hmm. kind of niche, specialised audience who are more likely to, to, to play their games on PCs. So, uh that's probably why they were bigger hits on there. I know Knights of the Old Republic came out on Xbox, but it's not where most people played it, as far as I know. And Xbox was still... That was touted as generally the older kids. Yeah, console, yeah. So, for yeah. cool kids. For the cool kids to play. Shadow the Hedgehog and not Sonic. Their Shadow Hedgehog and Shadow has guns, just like the Halo man who does the Halos. Mm. And he's cool, and he does swears. I'm pretty sure that game only came out on PS2, but... Yeah, I think I've only played it on PS2. <laughs> um, Where's my HD re-release of Shadow the Hedgehog, Sony? But yeah, I think the reason is that it, it was a well-received all-ages game that came out at the same time as Episode One, which at the time caused a massive uptick in Star Wars hype, even if it's not as fondly remembered as some of the others. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And I think it's got a lot of nostalgia around it because I think a lot of people just got bought it because it was the new big Star Wars game at the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've played it. I never not... had an N64, but I played it at my friend's house, I think, a couple of times. I remember I rented it, I think, on my N64. Um, I wasn't very good at it. I found it frustrating because I'm really bad at racing games at the best of times, uh, especially when I was a kid and didn't have the patience for them. So like yeah, I, I wasn't very good at racing yeah. games. So but... I tried it for like ha- an hour and I was like, oh, fuck this. And <laughs> didn't play it again. I think it's the only explicitly very kiddish Star Wars game that did well apart from the Lego Star Wars series a mm. few years later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that it's it's it is in the perfect time for the nostalgia generation and that's why it's starting to get all these comebacks recently. Yeah. I could see that. Like yeah. it came out 21 years ago this year that's the exact age range you want really mm-hmm. uh and i just like talking about the phantom menace so i i wanted an excuse and i thought this was interesting space where am i what <laughs> podcast is this <laughs> i think we're back in the indie haven podcast now. they've all blended together okay, into I've, one reality i've got to figure i've got to figure out where to cut that mess maybe just cut the entirety of the uh <laughs> episode one racer chat <laughs> <laughs> it did have a very things talk vibe to it <laughs> i don't know what i don't know i'll work it out uh, I'll uh, figure so, something so out. So Martin, tell us about Blade Runner. <laughs> okay, so there's not. I'm going to keep this fairly brief because there's not much to say on it. Um, Blade Runner was this uh, a film. Well, yeah, it was a film and a book, but it was also a really fantastic point and click. Game it wasn't a book. It wasn't a book. The book, the book was, was called, called "Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep?" Yeah, 
but it was cheap dream of a banging dream do sheep die for real <laughs> if you dry it if you die in the sheep do you dry in the beep you beep in the deep if you sleep on the sheep Beeping in the deeping. But you have to flip on the sheep, don't forget. He's a little octopus, he's got a horn. <laughs> he's having the time of his fucking life down there. Oh, hello, it's me, <laughs> Brian Yule. Did somebody mention the deep? <laughs> yeah, there's an octopus honking in it, were you aware? Was that commissioned by you? No, that's a capital offence in the deep. I'm Branuel, the Daniel of the deep. I must go and see to this and execute him at once. It's <laughs> a rogue octopus. <laughs> Is there any other kind? They're all rogues, really. They're all independent actors. Did you hear octopuses are waking up for no apparent reason? And this is being framed as something very menacing. <laughs> I mean, I realise, yes, climate change, but you don't have to talk about them like they're fucking sleeper agents. Look, all I'm saying, octopus brain mass is massive, okay? They're definitely smarter than us. They have plans. Yeah, they've been planning this. They've been planning this for a long time. I hope <laughs> the octopuses have got this They've got this, lockdown, They've got this frankly. under control. I'll take an octopus's plan. Octopuses can't get coronavirus. And then I'll die in a frying pan. <laughs> so there was a Blade Runner video game. Yes, there was. There was actually two, but the one I'm talking about is the 1997 point-and-click adventure by Westwood Studios. Uh, it was very good, in a lot of ways really ahead of its time, but also, unfortunately, in some ways very of its time. It did this kind of combination pre-rendered background with motion-captured sprites thing, which did not age very well. But uh, in terms of the way it was, its mechanics and the way it played, it was really, really good. Um, so it had this, its gimmick was that it had multiple different endings, but they weren't the standard way of doing that. I think if I remember reading, there was somewhere in the region of about 13 or 14 or so different endings. And a lot of the materials required to reach specific endings were randomized in different playthroughs. So there were certain things you would get in one playthrough that you can't be sure you would get or get in the same way in another playthrough. So in theory, there was a lot of different ways the story could go. It actually worked out really cleverly. Um, it was a combination of like subtle player choices that fed into how the story ended and uh, those those randomized elements that really affected a lot of stuff. And the endings themselves were quite granular. You know, like it was it would always account for certain characters dying, certain characters surviving when they when there's a chance that they can die. It was possible in the game to kill almost every speaking character in the in, in the whole thing. Um, it wasn't typically advisable, but it is possible to do that, and it had that kind of granularity, and it was really, really well done. Uh, unfortunately, it aged really badly. Uh, as as point-and-click adventures in that period often did, it relied too much on FMV and like semi-realistic pre-rendered backgrounds that aged very poorly. Um, so it kind of disappeared into obscurity after a while, and I was excited to find out that it's getting an HD reimagining, um, which is sounds really really cool to me because I'd love to see that revived and kind of rejiggered to make it better, like clean up some of the bugs, clean up the graphical stuff so it looks better, clean up a couple of the clumsier mechanics, and just play through that again because it's highly recommend it if you have the patience to deal with an older game, and to not have to put that caveat on there would be very nice. I would say, I think it's far better than the film. 
and I enjoyed the film as a problematic favorite for a while. But the the story, the writing in the game is like fabulous. It is some of the best writing I've seen in an adventure game. Do we know who's making the? Uh, I had it here a minute ago. Let me quickly look it up. Night Dive and Alcon Entertainment. Night Dive Studios and Alcon Entertainment are partnering on a remastered Blade Runner video game for Xbox One, PS4, Nintendo Switch, and Steam. Though the game's original source code was lost, uh, this could be, and this could have made a new version impossible. Night Dive reverse engineered the code and imported it into its own engine. Uh, it then got to making improvements and everything from the character models to resolution. So the, lo- the losing of that source code is probably goes some way to explaining why it wasn't reimagined before now. Um, so that's interesting, but yeah, we're looking at Night was Dive it very studios. popular then? It was. It, re- it was really critically well received. Uh, its actual sales, I'm not sure, but I know the critical reception was really, really positive. So I imagine it was somewhat popular. So would you say it's the Czech's quest of? Yeah, I see. It's the Czech's quest of, of, uh, of movie nineties movie tie-ins in the nineties. Yeah, really. I mean, the che- Czech's could... quest was in the nineties as well. Oh, it was. Yeah, I think you could definitely see the Czech's quest influence from 1996 into this 1997 point-and-click classic. Um, you know, for example, there was, uh, um, a gun in it, which I think was in Chex Quest. Um, there was, uh, I'm sure there's cereal in the game somewhere that is featured. Um, there is at least a fridge which likely contains milk. Um, I can't verify that, but it seems like, you know, it seems likely. So there's a clear, like, you know, there's a clear, like, cultural influence there. So someone looked at Chex Quest and thought, you know, yeah, there's a through line for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. There's, there's a very clear, utterly unquestionable through line. So, yeah, you can definitely see where the influence from Chex Quest is on the Blade Runner game. Yeah, mm. for sure. And I think, I, I really hope they're going to acknowledge that. What with the new Chex Quest game coming out and uh, with the new Blade Runner Maybe game. Maybe they'll have way. a. Uh... A crossover event. Yeah, yeah, where you and can play as be, a sentient It'll be checks. in Fortnite. Yeah, it could be a, a Fortnite event announcing that Maybe you can... Maybe there will be a Fortnite event where Johnny Blade Runner eats some cereal for our entertainment. <laughs> and then he does Famous protagonist of the Blade Runner series, Detective Johnny Blade Runner. <laughs> yeah, he does, and then he does a fun classic dance that somebody else came up with and popularised. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, where he plays with his penis, specifically. Good. <laughs> I'm happy about that. Well, we all want this in our lives. And Checks I runner. will brutally shut down any emotions to the contrary. Well, now's your chance in Josh's deep thoughts. <laughs> well, really? You're not even going to give me a second? <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to rush you. <laughs> to, to process. <laughs> Sometimes you just need some breathing space, you know? Josh's deep thoughts. It's Josh's deep thoughts. Josh's deep thoughts. It's Josh's deep thoughts. 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 Do you know what I was doing, Josh? I've got no fucking clue what either of your plans were. Well, my one was um, the desert from Near Automata, but I was replacing all of the words with Josh's deep thoughts. I don't know what Martin was doing. It was supposed to be the never-ending story. It did not come off well. (laughs) (sighs) (laughs) 
So what have you been thinking about, Josh? Do you mind if I have a gripe with the pair of you about the circumstances surrounding a recent skirmish with Courtney Portnoy? <sighs> Look, we thought we talked about this. You don't have to make it sound like such an imposition. <laughs> just tired of hearing about Courtney. Look, it's just I don't have a lot of people I can talk to about this, and I feel like, you know, I feel like the world at large doesn't care, and I need... I need my to take my opportunity here to sort of get this out of here because the you know the zeitgeist doesn't don't want to hear of it. All right. Okay. So okay. this is happening. All right. All right. I mean, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. The zeitgeist does not want to hear of it, and so, it really yeah. is. It's it's it really is their loss. Yeah. So, yeah, you know how I'm constantly getting into shenanigans. Constantly. Usually for the usually for the purposes of providing material for the podcast. Yeah, you you really you're. I've, uh... I've started what yeah I've started what's known as a shenanigans agency so that I can have things to talk about. <laughs> I'm a professional shenanigista. <laughs> How much are your Is services? Dead. I could do some shenanigans. Elodie no, I'm not dead. I just haven't had anything to add because I've been thinking about the fact that I was pretty certain for a while you said Colonel Courtney Portnoy. <laughs> no, I I just incorrectly said Courtney, and then yeah, but now I think she has become a colonel because I, of this. I think, yeah, I think she's got an official military rank because I wasn't more careful with my syllables. <laughs> So I've got that to deal with now on top of everything fucking else. I can't wait to you know, know what ramifications those are going to have for me. Yeah, with all of fucking Courtney, joined, Colonel Courtney Portnoy. Joined the army with all of those various generals and <laughs> With all the we've... generals we've met over the years. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're, we're well connected in the military. I think this is well known at this point. Fucking hell. But yeah, I got into a shenanigan recently. A client in the south of London contacted me. He he was having issues with Courtney Portnoy. She'd just turned up, sort of been dragging him around for a while, making him do stuff for her amusement, seemingly. I didn't know if he'd literally been dragged around, like, by an arm. That was one of the things, actually, just dragged along the floor by various limbs. Her favourite was the left leg. He has yet to like hear any explanation for what the supposed difference was that it made. I thought you meant when you said various limbs that like mysterious limbs from the ether were no, dragging him around. Lim- <laughs> no, no limbs that he had, not the mysterious <laughs> limbs that Courtney Portnoy can admittedly call from the ether. But yeah, so he like he'd been going along with this, never really had the courage to sort of oppose her in any way. What with her being Courtney Portnoy, summoner of limbs. Uh, but the final straw was he said she was trying to force him to dress up as a geography teacher. That seems inappropriate. Yeah, I didn't I didn't get it. And he said he didn't get it, and Courtney was refusing to explain why. And something in him just sort of snapped, and he realized that like he can't do this on his own. He needs to get out of this somehow, so he contacted me to steal the geography teacher clothes. Yeah, I mean that seems like the, that seems like a fair solution, even if it's a little yeah, it drastic. Was the only, it know? was the only shenanigarial way I could get him out of it. 
I mean, you uh, can't you can't just you can't just tell Courtney Portnoy stop doing things to a man. There's a process to this. I Where's the shenanigans like in that? She's also been violating social distancing with all this as well. Yeah, oh, she's always done Honestly. that. Though. I mean, she 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 gets yeah. right well, up in, in your fairness, face. In fairness, this was like a while ago. Nose, you know? Okay, has, but, has okay. So the story. Yeah, is, I've I've been I've been sitting with this for a while. I guess I did go to Japan. Yeah, the fucking injustice of what happened in all this process. But like, so stealing geography teacher clothes from Courtney Portnoy in the south of London, as we all know and we were all taught at school, that is a big operation. That is not a one-person job. Yeah, and usually you would have gotten me to come along, but I was in Japan. I would have, but you were in Japan at the and time. Martin's moved to America, so yes, I'm not available yeah. anymore. Then. You know, I've got to, I've got to fly back for jobs like that, and I need much more warning. Yeah, and so, I could. I had never heard of planes. Well, you mean, so you I didn't think that was. I didn't think to ask. Yeah, I heard about it five minutes after it all ended, which, which sure, was you cannot yeah. believe how fucking it's galling that, that was. It's a wonder that Zero managed to get there to help out. Well, you know, he has he has ways and means he refuses to tell me about. Yeah, he's 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 good in a pinch, but he, he did mostly just. Wander around being a dog. Yeah, I mean, he's not. He doesn't have a positive. He understood funds. the urgency, but lacked skills to really act on it in any way. I think. But I, I think, appreciate I think the will is there. there. Like the will is there. He wants to help, but he lacks yeah. the opposable. The spirit thumbs. is willing, but the body is unfortunately a dog. Yeah, it, there it, is it, will, but there is not a way. Nah. Which uh, you asked. You asked my cat it. Tibby to come along, but he was busy completely wrecking my room with shit, like he did for the yeah. entire time I was away because he was upset I was gone. So he shat on everything I owned. That sounds like Tibby. <sighs> He's yeah, done a shit during this recording, helpful. by the way. I don't think I've ever. It's been months since I've had. Well, it's been months since I've had many recordings. But... But it's been a long time since I've had a recording where he's not shat during it. <laughs> so is this like a good omen, or...? I mean, it's an omen of I can smell shit throughout the rest of the recording, and I usually record very long podcasts. It's an olfactory shit omen, Martin. <laughs> no more, no less. Anyway, I'm going to continue my anecdote yeah. now. <laughs> Because ultimately, this isn't going to be that funny. Did Bepwus the chef come? Because we usually get Bepwus the, the chef. did not come. Cause oh. Here's the thing. I couldn't get any of the usual suspects apart from a dog. Ah, uh, yeah. So I had to, like, advertise that I needed help for... Like, I couldn't, I couldn't put the terms of what was going on, but it was shenanigarial in nature. And, oddly enough, Troy Baker responded. Huh. huh. And no one else. Oh. So just... I only got Troy... Just Troy... And it's so weird that it would, like, only be Troy Baker. And Zero, but... And, and Zero, but that was, like, prior that. to the advert, so, like, I'm not... That's not... That is not part of the statistics. <laughs> Zero but, is yeah. an outlier and shouldn't be counted towards the statistic. <laughs> Indeed. But, like, yeah, so I had exclusively Troy Baker to help me. It wasn't going to be enough with just two of us and a dog. Like, I needed a full team. But I only had Troy Baker. So what else am I supposed to do at that point other than clone Troy Baker? Yeah, that makes sense, yeah. So I invested billions in cloning technology. 
they're like a slightly bigger version of the millions. The delicious candy. Obviously. <laughs> Turns fun. out they've got cloning <laughs> properties. This is nothing. But anyway, it's important <laughs> to the story. Alright. So I I spent so much time trying to figure out how to turn sweets into other Troy Bakers. Finally got it to succeed. I want you to bear that in mind. Like I got that to work. The amount of effort I put in to clone Troy Baker. So I've got this team. It's me, Zero, Troy Baker, Troy Baker, Troy Baker, and Troy Baker. Did it get confusing that there's so many Troy Bakers? It was... It wasn't ideal. I've got to be completely honest, but you make do, don't you? Oh, yeah. I mean, you got you really, what you've like got it's, sometimes, yeah. For sure. Yeah. You, you, you take the Troys that you're given and make other ones. You make Troy you need. Yeah. <laughs> I... You know what, Martin? That's exactly what I fucking did. But yep. yeah, so I've got me, me and the four Troy Bakers. The dog was... A non-entity by this point. Yeah, he probably just fell asleep after a while. We managed to get into we managed to get into Courtney Portnoy's Colonel Courtney Portnoy's military now compound. It was a lot of security for like geography teacher clothes. Let me tell you, like she did not want anyone getting at these, but I got at them. For some reason, one of the Troy Baker clones knew how to deactivate laser grids. Oh, that's lucky. Even though none of the others Which wouldn't have confused me if the original had known how to do that. Wow. But it it was... They took... They acquired skills somehow that the original did not have. Again, showing how remarkable what I did was. I I created improved Troy Baker's. Yeah, you've... you've okay, I want you an improved Troy Baker recipe. Yeah. Was one of them like in a mind. grizzled veteran Troy Baker? Who had an eye patch and talked about the old days? I didn't think about that. I I should have cloned another one. Okay, I just wondered because I, I feel like I've met that one. Yeah, like one was taking care. One of them was sort of outside. Like they they took care of the alarms and they were sort of monitoring police chatter in the event that like we need you know so that we would know if we had to get out of there. The other, and then the other two were with me, basically, basically in case anything went wrong in retrieving the clothes. You need you need one Troy Baker to carry the clothes and another to take care of guards, don't you? Really? Again, we were all taught this in school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we all went. We all remember those important lessons. So we yeah. go through all of that. Something goes wrong. Someone gets tipped off that we're in there. Alarms are blaring. Places on high alert. The Troy Bakers have to stay behind and sort of fight them off so that I can get out with the geography teacher clothes. I run into Courtney Portnoy on the way out. We have a whole sword fight about it. All right, again, I want you to bear in mind, that's another thing I had to do. I had to participate in the final sword fight with Courtney Portnoy with the clothes in one arm. Did you have to practice a lot? Because I've heard she's pretty good with the rapier. I practiced a lot fighting people with swords while holding clothes. Yeah. It's not so much that I trained for it, I've just have a, I have a lot of experience in that particular area. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. I remember that time that you just came at me with a Zweihander and a Well, I told you of to be ready. Onesies. Yeah, I, I made it incredibly clear to you, like, 
you know, when we when we started our professional relationship, this is the kind of thing you've got to be ready for if I'm going to trust you. And that was I me. To know I was what just you're thinking, like under pressure. I just thought you were goofing around, and then you turned up at my house with a battle axe and a Zweihander, and you threw the battle axe to the side and said, I don't need this. And then you started attacking me whilst holding a bundle of Pikachu onesies. In fairness, I like to think I proved that I did not need the battle axe. Yeah, you you did, because you cut me in half, and it's a good I thing... I said I was sorry! It's a good thing that we had a surgeon friend, um, Marshall Bungie. <laughs> Marshall Bungie, the surgeon... Who came and stitched me back together and said, Oh, I'm Marshall Bungie and I stitch you together. Because Marshall Bungie's Scottish. And very literal. Very yes. literal, yeah. No, there, there's, yeah. There's not an ounce of gale in them. The point being, I clone the Troy Bakers, I put the team together, I get the clothes, I beat Courtney Portnoy in a sword fight against all odds. I get the I get the clothes out of here. It's probably one of the bloody Troys that tripped the alarm and all, because I know I didn't do anything wrong. I followed the damn plan. And you know what the most galling thing is after all of it? Guy who contacted me, he was lovely about it. Alright? I would happily take work from him again. Nobody else like the nobody in the fucking media gave me a sliver of credit for what happened that day. But, like, that's just the way they are, you know? Like, they see that's all That's the way they are. Yeah. But all they saw was Troy Baker and his three clones, and because he's the big name. Yeah, yeah. They ignore all the hard work that goes behind the scenes. He's, he's what gets the attention. They And they don't, they don't give a fuck that anyone else was even involved, because it sells more papers if you focus on Troy Baker. The whole headline of the event, I remember seeing it the next day. I was yeah, like, the whole headline of the event, four Troys foiled Portnoy's ploy to foist Cordroy on Croydon Boy Toy. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the entire point of this whole anecdote. There I... is nothing else this is building to. I've been Josh Rivers. Fuck you all. I'm dead. <laughs> So then who is this Troy Baker that is wearing an eye patch who's in my house? Um, <laughs> no, I don't think you understand, Elodie. The segment is over. It's done now. It has reached its apotheosis. He's a grizzled veteran and he's in my house and he won't leave and he's working with Operancisis to steal my mum's car again. Did he hear the joke? That should help. Right, repeat it back to him. It should at least put him in good temperament. I don't remember it. <laughs> And that Troy was Baker. Josh's deep thoughts. Josh's deep thoughts. Josh's deep Josh's thoughts. Deep thoughts. Josh's deep Fucking thoughts. Josh's deep thoughts. Josh's deep thoughts. Josh's thoughts. Josh's deepest thoughts. Josh's deep 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 thoughts. Did you get that one, Josh? Nah. That was the uh, that was like the main field theme from the first near game, but with Josh's deep thoughts over it. 
I was too busy thinking to myself, Josh's deep thoughts. Oh, that's a good one. I really like that one. Josh's deep thoughts. And then I realised it would be pointless because there's no way I could coordinate it so that you would simultaneously be going, Josh's deep thoughts. Felt like a wasted opportunity. Yeah. Well, we can always think about what could have been and live in that dream sometimes when we need comfort. Martin, I have a question for you. Yes. How long is a feral goat? About uh, 17 inches. Mm, Thank you. Mm. Now, would you rather eat a baby goat or a matter baby? Hmm. Am I in a desert? Well, can you remember your name? Mm, what's my name again? Oh no, I can't. Mm. Hold on, it's written down here on the Discord. Then you aren't. Martin Brison. Yeah, that. Okay, so that's my name. So, does that mean I'm not in a desert? Sure. Okay, so I'm not in a desert. So, I actually, I wanted you to answer this question, please. Would you rather eat a baby goat or a matter baby? Well, I'm asking because I feel the context is really important. Like, okay, so let's say I'm eating a baby goat, right? And I I don't have yogurt to go with it. Like, it's just going to be bitter. Yeah. And the reason I'm asking is if you try to have yogurt in a desert, it's going to go sour really fast. But when you're eating baby goat, that's actually what you want. So, like, if you have sour yogurt, heat soured yogurt with a baby goat, that's 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 what I would do, I think. God damn it. Josh, would you... You have thought more about this question than should be permissible under law. (laughs) Josh, would you rather eat a baby goat or a matter baby? I refuse to answer on the grounds I may fucking kill myself. Oh my god. (laughs) You're supposed to say, what's a matter baby? And then I say, nothing much, darling. What's the matter with you? What did you think? What on earth possessed you to think that that was going to happen? You really rolled the dice on that one. It did not come up. (laughs) Why did you not think Martin would have a whole answer to go with that? (laughs) Martin questions nothing, Elodie. You know this. Yeah. It's my whole thing. I just believe everything. <laughs> I'm like an onto a babe. Well, I mean, I mean, he questioned whether he was in a desert. He just didn't question what a matter baby was. <laughs> I assumed I could figure it out as I went along. Okay, you didn't. You didn't question the premise. You just wanted further information. I feel like if I never admit to not knowing what something is, no one will ever think I'm wrong about anything. So the question I was going to ask before I asked the nonsense question that I ended up asking was, have you played any video games recently? (laughs) I've played a video game quite recently, very recently, in fact. Do you want to tell us about a video game? I would like to tell you about a video game I've played very recently, in fact. It's called Creature in the Well. Mm, I like creatures. I'm intrigued by that. I like creatures, I like wells. The combination of the two intrigued me. You're a robot fella, and it's it. They describe it as a pinball-inspired hack and slash, which was an immediately huh. 
interesting concept. Yeah, I'm intrigued by that. So what? So what they've made is Breakout. <laughs> Not to take the piss, but they've made Breakout as a puzzle game. Okay. Uh. So I'm for this pinball hack and slash. I'm slightly less interested now. <laughs> but but no no like like the debatable accuracy of the descriptions aside, it is an interesting concept. I mean, from from pinball, they've certainly nailed the feeling of like when when you get the ball bouncing off a like a bunch of different stuff in sequence, and it's all lighting up and making fun noise. That feels like just sort of immediately gratifying in that classic pinball way. Yeah. There's something quite viscerally satisfying about pinball. I'll say that. Yeah, hmm. but yeah, but it's there's more. I'm not even sure if depth is the right word or if I would call it like breadth. Like there's there's more of a range of stuff going on in it than you would maybe expect. They do stuff with the concept. So it's what what's happening is you're a robot fella. And you wake up and apparently you're the last robot fella of them. And there's this big machine in a village that is surrounded by just a wall of sand. Like it's in the eye of this massive sandstorm. And like they've been in there for so long they don't think there's anything outside of the sandstorm. And the machine is supposed to fix that in some way. And you're like an engineer robot who was created to sort of maintain and operate it. So you've got to go and fix You've got to go and fix it with your powers by hitting energy orbs at pinball table bits. That is how engineering works. That's that is accurate. literally how engineering works, and I will fight with broadswords anyone who says otherwise. We know you're capable. And the the titular creature in the well is this big shadowy titan who's trying to stop you from fixing this solution to the problem and sabotaged the machine so that it could convince people that it doesn't work so that it can continue to paint itself as the sole saviour from this problem that it has literally not lifted a finger to fix. What an outlandish concept! I imagine that happening, wow. Can you fucking imagine? (laughs) Such a bizarre and far-flung concept. I can't even imagine such a thing connecting to rare reality. Hmm, it's a fantasy video game. Yeah, a true fantasy too, like no, in no Science way... Science fiction, yeah. ...a reflection of our world. Fuck. Martin. Uh... <laughs> but yeah, it's it's very good. It's sort of... I don't know if you'd call it cel-shaded as the art style, but it's... the co- the Like, the colours make me think that. Right. It's like very bold, very colourful. There's a big purple crocodile. I like who's purple. a blacksmith or something. Or something. <laughs> yeah. What do you say the name of it was again? A creature in the well. Creature in the well. And yeah, it's good. Yeah, I don't have to give that a try. It's uh, it's all available on Steam. By the looks of it. It's available on Steam. It's available on PS4, which is why I was able to play it. Mm-hmm. Uh, PS4, Xbox One, and Steam. 
Yeah, so just, just like it, it visually grabbed me, it conceptually grabbed grabbed me. Yeah, I need to try and check this one. Which is, which is sort of like the two things I kind of base this decision on after having burned a few times in the past. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking apocalypsis. But yeah, like it, it's it's not like tremendously uh, what am I trying like, I, I don't feel tremendously about it, I guess. Yeah. Like, it's not huge, a hugely involved experience. So you're not setting it it's a very No, it's a very simple mechanic that they do a number of, like, things with. But, like, again, it's breadth rather than depth, right. I guess. Man. But it's still, I guess, more depth than you might initially think was possible with such a simple concept. Yeah. So I think with like for only fifteen dollars and we think works out to about twelve yeah. pounds or so. Um I mean I think it's worth taking a shot on it for sure. Yeah. It's um, like it it's it's interesting. It's not mind blowing. I don't expect it to revolutionise anything, but it's an intriguing enough space to be in, I guess. Like it it's worth sort of engaging with. Yeah. So it's available on uh PSN Xbox One, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Steam, and just confirmed it's now also available on Switch. So, yeah, plenty of options for that if you want to give it a try. Yeah. The devs call it a pen brawler. <laughs> a what? A pen brawler. I mean, that's that's quite clever, but again, it plays like Breakout. <laughs> <laughs> There's really very little of pinball going on. You hit the thing with a, a thing... And the rest is in a sort of flipper esque motion. That's I about it. I bonked my head. Hi, Oh no, are you oh, okay? Bonkab. Yeah. I'm gonna do mine. Um... Jacob of the bonk got you. <laughs> uh, okay, so I haven't played many new games. I've been trying to save money for reasons that I think mm-hmm. should be fairly self evident. Yeah. Um, but I have been playing a lot of Stardew Valley lately, <laughs> like a lot, and it's very good. I can't remember if I mentioned it before. I feel like I probably have, but if I haven't, I've, even if I did, I've played a lot more of it since then, and um, it is extremely good. Um, everyone else is playing Animal Crossing, and I don't have a Switch, so I have to make do with what I can get on PS4 for that kind of... <laughs> experience if i want to just chill out and do you know grow a strawberry or two and when i do i go to stardew valley and one of the things that i like about stardew valley is that it starts off like with a fairly simple premise and spills up naturally from there in a way that feels right but after a while you realize there is a staggering depth of content that is hidden under the surface of that game which is not immediately obvious at all like the, hmm. there is so much written stuff, so much written story, so much written character in there that you do not see on the surface. So many like uh, quest lines and hidden areas that you have to really kind of explore and test and play around with the play around with the space to even be aware it exists. And that to me is really fantastic because I always find with these like farming games, there comes a point where you know you reach a very satisfying plateau where everything's going as well as it can and then it kind of that there's not much more to do with it that uh, when, when that happens um i used to play a lot of harvest moon and i kind of at least that had the benefit of being a time limited game 
So with Harvest Moon, when you reach, I think it was two years was the one that I played. When you hit a two-year stage, the game ends. So that that's the end of that playthrough. Uh, Stardew Valley doesn't have that. It's infinite. It goes on as long as you want to play it. But it does have an endless breadth of content with new stuff being added all the time. Not just new stories or new characters, but also new uh, mechanics, like uh, the ability to, you know, to, 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 to do new things with existing tools is a really persistent thing that the, uh, the, developers, the de- developer does a lot. And they're introducing new content for it even now, many, many years after the game is released, um, as they uh, kind of wind up to uh, a, a, a sort of quietly rumoured sequel, possibly, and uh, a couple of other games that they're working on, which I believe we talked about previously. And yeah, so if you are been holding out on Stardew Valley, um, highly recommended. Especially if, like me, you want to you want to be a part of everyone talking about uh, Animal Crossing, but you can't because you didn't buy a Switch. <laughs> so that's keeping that brief. That that's me. <laughs> um, I cannot get into a farming game, sadly. Oof. But I'm glad other people can enjoy them. Yeah. I. I have mostly been playing, not actually, I've played less Animal Crossing than I've played um, Digimon Cyber Sleuth on the Switch. But I did also... <laughs> Fuck for that. Please tell me more. Oh, well, it's not It's not uh, an indie game, so I'll just mention a little uh. bit of it. It's not the indie game I'm <laughs> going to be talking about. Make, make it one so that you can tell me about Digimon, please. I mean, I think, you, I think you'd like it. It's on. It's on PS4. I hope yeah. so, because I I want more excuses to interact with Digimon-based stuff, and it's... I don't want to feel like I've wasted my time in doing so. It's now, like I, if... I have an important question to ask. Now, I've heard yeah. that Digimon are digital monsters. Is it true that Digimon are the champions? You don't have the context for why I'm doing this. So I've me- I've mentioned this in the past, and it'll be in an episode of Things Talk probably before this comes out. The Digimon theme in my head just, without fail, transitions into that part of the ChuckleVision theme. At that point, after Digimon are the champions, I don't know why they're not the same time signature. <laughs> <laughs> They're nothing alike otherwise. But something in your mind just kind of short circuits when you start humming the Digimon I, j- I just can't... I can't hear one without it becoming the other now. <laughs> uh, but yes, the, the Digimon Cyber Sleuth is um, like a more adult Digimon game with a lot of Persona vibes to it. Hmm. Uh, Already intrigued? Uh, mm-hmm. That includes, like, fully explorable areas of Tokyo and stuff. Oh, cool. And um, also has all the digital world things happening as well. And you solve mysteries whilst also fighting in some really good turn-based combat with your Digimon. I need to check it out. I, 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 I know quite a few like people who play that. Check it out. Like almost exactly what I want right now, to be honest. Mm. And also, just to add to that, is the fact that the uh, Ultimate Edition comes with both of the Cyber Sleuth games, which has the original Cyber Sleuth and Hacker's Memory. I am like 50 hours into Cyber Sleuth, the first one, and 
um, apparently have only done around half of the content of that one. So in that sense, it's also very Persona. Just yeah. Hour, There's a lot of long. it. It's, and it's good. And I'm enjoying it. Cool. So what was the uh, indie recommendation you wanted to do? Yeah, my indie. That's your Digimon recommendation. They're yeah. now indies. Yeah. My... Oh, I will say one thing about it, actually, quickly before I move on to the indie game one. <laughs> okay. Uh, is that I stopped playing the game Tokyo Mirage Sessions because the uh, recreated um, Shibuya was making me sad because I missed Tokyo from when Aww. I was there. Uh, but I, I got this game to play instead. I did not know that it would have a, a perfectly recreated Nakano Broadway as the main hub area. Oh, no. Nakano Broadway is, as Josh. I guess as a thank you. Yeah, is a uh, like the main place that I stayed near that had like a billion things, and I really enjoyed and went all the time to. Thingopolis. <laughs> but the game had hooked me in enough that I just kept going with it. Well, that's good. Yeah. That's that's a good recommendation. Um, one interesting thing about it, other than that, is that the 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 film Summer Wars. Um, is directed by the same guy who directed the Our War Game OVA for Digimon and has a bunch of the same stuff in it, yeah. like, same ideas. And then this game just almost verbatim copies the, like, uh, online social VR world thing from Summer Wars. <laughs> so it's just gone full circle and copying itself, <laughs> which I enjoyed. Uh, but I was—I also played Piku Niku on. Yeah, the you mentioned this before. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's a game that is not just on the Switch; it's also on all the other platforms. But I played it because it was ninety percent off, so it only cost me eighty-nine p, and that was fun. Um. It's a very goofy little puzzle platformer. It's not difficult. It's a very chilled out experience mm. to play. You just kind of go around and explore and defeat capitalism. Ooh, I'm all about and that. get various As a little hats. bean with legs. Yeah. Um, you defeat a capitalist uh, while being just a little blob with long legs. You can get a hat that is the arms hat that just adds wiggly arms to him. They just flop about. And it's all... It's written so charmingly. It looks I, very fun. I'm looking at the, the visuals for it now. It looks like a it's, very it's cute... It's very fun game. and cute and silly. Um, it's Everything is... It's got all this epic, grand story, but everything is written in such an understated way. Like, characters will just go, oh, what? Oh, okay. And stuff when really important things are happening in the plot. <laughs> um, and it's, it's a little bit uh, Kirby in that way. Yeah. It's very charming and very silly and very fun. And uh, I did literally cool. everything in the single player mode. I've not touched the multiplayer at the moment, but the single player is very good. Okay, cool. The whole premise is about um, a capitalist is uh, basically saying, I will give you free money if you let me take away your trash. 
but he's actually taking away all of their resources and just throwing pittance of his massive amount of wealth at them. But uh, nobody's questioning it until the end of, well, this, the game starts, because they're getting money. So they're not questioning mm. what's going on. And then you go on a quest to defeat the capitalist and save the world from capitalism. Sounds so really cool. it's very good. That uh, is and... available on... It looks like... I'm just looking it up now just to get the details out there so people want to buy it can. It's available for $12.99 on Steam right now. So that's a pretty good price. Uh, it's also on HIO, GOG and the Nintendo eShop. It's also on the Microsoft Store. Oh, is it? Hmm. Yeah. So, Martwine Brisson. Yeah, I, I believe that's my name, yeah. Uh, last of the Summer Martwine. <laughs> so, last of the Summer Martwine. There we go. <laughs> I'm not that old yet. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> that's hardly the problem, Martin. Well, I... I, I I feel a lot older than I did a few months ago. So. It's a shame you, you you just changed your Twitter name, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Because I feel like last of the Samart Twine would be the sort of one you'd go for. I'll write that down <laughs> in my notebook and change it later. Right now, it is the magic wind blows only around me. <laughs> so you can find you can Which, find me at my Twitter. I'm just gonna say that's especially fun. Because even listening to this, you probably won't understand what the fuck that's about. Because there's a few episodes of Things Talk to come out before whatever that was. Yep, where that came from. So it's a reference to a it's a reference to something which is buried deep in so many podcasts. Yeah, (laughs) I guess you can find me at on Twitter at is this Martin i s t h i s m e r t y n. Um, my username being the magic wind blows only around me. It's brand new. I love it. It's brand new. Um, you can also find me at home forever, never leaving ever again. Cool. I suppose on this podcast and the Haven as well, which is the new actual play D&D podcast I'm on with Elodie, which I'm really proud of and it's really good fun and it's going very well. And you should all go listen to it. And if you've got some spare cash and the off chance that you're one of those lucky people with that, send us something on the Patreon. <laughs> Uh, Josh? Oh god, what did Tibby just knock over? Oh, he knocked over his new box of food because he thinks he might be able to get something new out of it, but it's, <laughs> it's just the crunchy food he doesn't like very much, and it's not on, it's not open, so he can't get anything out of it. He's doing crimes for mm. no benefit. The evil that cats do. So, Josh... <laughs> Where can I find you? Jellical songs, indeed. <laughs> Jellical songs for the Jellical boys. Jellicals and I them the there every bloody night. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at NoCrows here, just being horrified by most things. You can find me on YouTube, the abominable, the abominable, the abominable showman, where I play fucking. Wacky races, PS2. I've been following game, which that. Is like, it's so good. Which is like ten times more popular than anything I have ever done. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, People have just been waiting for me to play wacky races, apparently, because that's done like stupid numbers compared I, to what I usually get. I noticed um, 
I noticed that you've mentioned Steak Grillium in one of your titles. I Steak Grillium it. is a recurring theme in Wacky Races. Okay. From episode from episode one. Okay. The dog the dog does his face sideways, and I had to say Steak Grillium about it. Yeah, just because that's the thing that I thought of while I was at work one time and posted on Things Talk, and uh, so it was uh, fun yeah, to there's, see. There's, it. A, there's a lot. There's a lot of steak grilling moments. <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> but yeah, you can watch me do that, and um, I might also be doing a worth mentioning soon if I can force myself to, because I've got the. The word speaks recorded for a video I've been trying to do on Sayonara Wild Hearts. It's just getting everything else and then putting that in the right order to make a video for you to watch. Hey Martin, uh, write down Sayonara Mild Hearts as well. Sayonara Mild Hearts, got it. I feel like that, yeah, that's a good one for at some point. Um, my name is Aladikanian. You can find me on Twitter at KemiWords, and my name on Twitter is Elodie Cunningham. Um, I also run a YouTube channel named Elodie Cunningham. Uh, you can support me on Patreon at patreon.com slash KemiWords, and on that site my name is Elodie Cunningham. I uh, also host a podcast <laughs> where my name is Elodie Cunningham, and that's, uh, of course, a Bojack Horseman podcast. I do things talk with Josh and sometimes Martin, including a bit of this recording. And on there, I refer to myself as Elodie Cunningham. <laughs> there you go. Oh yeah! Before do you I forget, have anything? You, you could oh. find the Haven. Uh, before oh, I yeah, forget, because haven. I forgot to mention this, you can find most of the stuff we do with the Haven right now is on Facebook. Um, because I don't have the Twitter set up yet, because I am very busy and or lazy. Um, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash thehavenpod, and we are available on all major podcast outlets, including uh, Stitcher, Podbean, SoundCloud, uh, Spotify, and iTunes. So, yeah, look there. That's the stuff. one that I do with Martin, where Things Talk's the one I do with Josh. Yeah. So you two just have mm. to have a podcast that's largely exclusive of me? About you, I think would be the key thing. Oh. <laughs> that? Mm -mm. I'd like to listen to that. That might sick my ego. <laughs> <laughs> that was louder than I meant it to be. <laughs> so do you have anything to round us out with, Josh? Any advice? I'm just like that. It would have a nice dream about the new one for you guys should have the right way too long and the only way you want a boyfriend to get my money and time-consuming, but it would have a nice dream. Hmm. Give you something to think about. Bye, yeah. everyone. Bye. Is that our outro? Did we not have an outro on this one? It was... No. no. Oh, okay. It's just me giving advice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know you give advice, but we don't have, like, a thing we say. That's it. That's something, huh? Yeah, we have, I don't think we've ever had like a fixed specific thing, though. No. Huh.